0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Zach Norris, and today I'm going to be talking with yet another person who I think has a valuable skill set that's useful to everyone out there. Each week, I interview one new person and we chat about their successful habits and routines. I chat with people I've connected with in my life who I think have something valuable to offer to each and every one of you who are listening. I recognize that everyone has a unique quality about them that makes them shine, and if we take the highlights of each of those we know and we apply them to our own lives, we then begin to exponentially grow as individuals. We learn and adapt so that we can become the best version of who we want to be. So let's get started on this now. Like I said, my name is Zach, and today I've got Dustin Lee on here with me. Dustin is from Colorado, and he has experience in the photography and automotive industries. He currently works at a Mercedes dealership, and he's great at self-awareness and achieving goals he sets. I'm going to go ahead and let Dustin introduce himself and tell you a little bit about who he is. Welcome, Dustin. I'm really excited to have you on here. How's it going today?
1: Good, good. It's good to be here. I've been actually looking forward to this for, I don't know, uh, how long ago did we plan this? Like three, four weeks ago? Yeah, I think so. A little bit
0: back. Like a little bit back, yeah, definitely. So definitely excited. Yeah, Tell us a little bit cool.
1: about who you are. Um, like I said, uh, or like you said, my name is Dustin Lee. I uh, do a lot of automotive photography, and uh, honestly, the job at Mercedes right now is pretty temporary. It's just something to pay the bills at the moment.
0: Definitely. So, what kind of things are you looking into doing, I guess, in the future now?
1: Um, in the future, i I definitely want to do something that's mainly, definitely entrepreneurial. Uh, I've learned that I can work well with other people, but especially when i give when I'm given objectives that don't make sense to me or told to do something that doesn't make sense to me, i I resist it. I'll do it just because I don't want to get fired, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. Why are you guys doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I could
0: definitely relate to that. I'm, I'm sure everybody can relate to that with like kind of the bad work experiences. If anybody's oh, yeah. ever had a job, I mean, like, <laughs> someone will tell you what to do and you'll just go nuts because you think it's the wrong
1: way. Honestly, it's a lot about one of what I've realized for me personally, and I've, I was actually reading an article about it the other day. Um it's a lot what, what makes people stay in a company is their manager hmm. gotcha like, if you have shitty managers then you're not going to want to stay there
0: I yeah that is very true I mean yeah.
1: I've talked to most of my friends too and they're, uh, they'll say yeah I left because of my manager my manager was a dick so
0: yeah I mean like, if someone's not treating you well you're probably not going to be around too long no, So
1: I, I wasn't I mean I, since coming back to Colorado I've gone through let's see Two or three uh, different positions at really? various automotive dealerships, yeah. Gotcha. I think no, it was just two, but yeah. Where at before? Um, I was at a Audi and Porsche dealership in Fort Collins. Gotcha. Um, no, and it, I left there. I love the cars there because cars are my main passion. That's just what I do. Um, but I, uh, they honestly do not have their stuff together at all. Like, the... Yeah, it, it just was a complete <laughs> shit show, honestly.
0: <laughs> what was kind of the last straw that made you leave that?
1: The last straw was when uh, I was responsible for like washing the service cars and doing deliveries when, some, when a client would buy a car. And um, at one point, I was there alone because the other guy who was supposed to work with me called in. And um, so I had five deliveries to do in the course of like four hours, and each delivery takes... About an hour, if you want to do it right. Gotcha. And um, then they were constantly sending me service keys as well, and I was basically just punting those because I was told by the owner himself prioritize the sales cars. So then the service was getting mad at me because I wasn't doing the service cars, and I was like, you know what? You can get mad at me all you want. Go talk to the owner if you have an issue. Sounds like a pain. Honestly, at that, I, I kind of lost my temper. Like, <laughs> normally, I'm really good at keeping my temper under wraps, but that time I just started screaming and yelling. And <laughs> wow, it wasn't bad. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty.
0: Oh, well. Well, I mean, like you moved on to something different, but I, I'm assuming that something like that has helped play into kind of your self-awareness and knowing like what you do wrong just from observing others.
1: Yeah. I do try to learn a lot from other people's mistakes, honestly. Gotcha. What's kind of like an example of that, that you can think of? Um, A lot of stuff that my buddies do. That's really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I I don't, different people have different lifestyle choices and yeah, either choose to agree with them or disagree with them but i don't judge anyone for what they do like i have s- several friends who spend a lot of money on drugs and alcohol that's just personally not something that i do because i don't i don't know i just see it as a waste because it, it's very it's
0: plenty of a waste of money
1: yeah oh yeah it's very temporary i mean you'll spend forty dollars on some expensive alcohol flex that quote unquote on snapchat and then yeah, it's right. gone the next day and it's like well that was a waste of forty dollars yeah right you
0: could <laughs> totally do something different with it
1: what yeah, I don't know. It's just different different things for different people, I guess. Gotcha.
0: So what's, I guess, kind of the next move after you, uh, I, I, as your entrepreneurial venture, what are you trying to do in the future? Do you have any ideas, anything you're trying to work on? Or
1: Honestly, I don't... I'm still unsure as to what I want to do specifically in the entrepreneurial th- thing. And I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, sorry. Um I I know I probably want to do something in the automotive in- industry and contribute in that environment slash community, whatever you want to call it, because uh, that's, that's been my... Cars have been my passion since I was literally old enough to know what a car was. I was obsessed from the time I probably came out of the womb. I had a billion Matchbox cars and stuff. Like, I literally had a... I think it was a five-gallon bin full, just full of Matchbox cars. Wow. In addition to other things, <laughs> car-related, so... Yeah, I mean, if I can if I can do that uh, and start a business around that, that that honestly wouldn't feel like work too often to me. Gotcha. Are you thinking a dealership, or are you thinking some something more innovative? Honestly, either or. I mean, if I can come up with something that innovates and uh, makes the process within the automotive industry much more efficient, uh, like say buying cars online somehow, because I feel like eventually it's going to gravitate towards that anyway. Because that's where yeah. that's the way everything is going now. Everything. Yeah. Um, but, or if I, I would love to own a dealership, uh, seems like a fun experience to me. I mean, I've worked for mm, four or five of them now, and I liked it for the most part. It obviously depended on management, but yeah, I liked most all the experiences there. Do you have, like, kind of a favorite type of car or brand? Honestly, mostly German and high end cars. I know I, that's a ter- typical stereotype thing, but. German cars are my thing I love the way they, they handle speed very well because they're built for the uh, what is, what's it called yeah the Autobahn mm, yeah. so I mean driving M3s and stuff you can drive them at 120 plus miles an hour and it feels like nothing <laughs> it, yeah okay. if it, you're so in control and it's so smooth but I mean if you hop in my car it's granted it is a bit old but it's a Japanese car and you go over 120. It's like, okay, this is a little bit sketchy. You should probably slow down.
0: <laughs> Are you saying you've been over 120 miles an hour in your car?
1: Uh, I approached it in my <laughs> personal car. I've definitely broken that by a lot in other cars. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was in Mexico. We won't talk about that. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're kind of
0: more into the cars with the uh, high repair prices.
1: Um. Yeah, I have... Uh, it's funny working for you. I've noticed for me, even when I worked in retail a little bit, when you work for a company, you either like the product more or you begin to hate it. And honestly, with uh, Mercedes, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't like Mercedes as much anymore. I mean, I love the AMGs because just because of the their engines are hand built and they're just badass machines. But, um, like, some of the normal cars, they're so expensive to fix for literally no reason. Like, an oil change can be, I'm not even kidding you, $500. Wow. That's ridiculous. Completely.
0: <laughs> Why is it $500? Is it just the, the difficulty to get to the filter and
1: everything? or um, Part of it is the labor. I know the techs get... I don't know how... I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know how the tax pay structure works, but I know that... Um, Customers pay two hundred dollars an hour for labor. That's what I've been told. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is expensive as hell. Where oh, wow. I mean, if you go to like a Honda dealership, it's like eighty dollars an is hour. Still expensive, but Yeah, that's still expensive. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you go to a Mercedes dealership and they're just like, All right, we're gonna charge you because we are Mercedes and that's what we do.
0: That's crazy. I mean, I drive a Chevy Volt. (laughs) It's basically, I talked about it in a different interview, but more or less a a glorified go-kart in the terms of Brock Wardell, another uh, person I interviewed. And the thing about it is that it's such a simple car. But when you think about it, because it's electric and it's got all these fancy parts and everything, I had to replace the battery, not the actual electric battery that makes the car run. Oh, just the starter. Yeah, just the starter battery. And cost over $300 for just a battery.
1: When that's actually... I thought the number was going to be higher in all honesty. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I thought it would be lower. But the thing is, it, normally I repair everything on my car
1: by myself. I don't really pay anybody to do it. Yeah, that's what I usually do, unless it's a huge uh, job. Like, I know my car, it needed some maintenance where, uh On my car, uh, the... From the factory, they were known for the timing chain to stretch. And what do you drive? Um, a Mazda Speed Three. Okay, gotcha. Two thousand nine, which is the last last year before they changed the body style. Um, and yeah, it, the timing chain was known to stretch. And I mean, if if that goes unchecked, obviously you're going to start skipping, and then your timing's messed up, and then your whole engine goes kaboom. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had. That's bad. I I paid the dealership to do that job, and they replaced the water pump and. Um, uh, I forget what else they replaced, but they did it just while they were there. And that was about $1,000 just because... Oh, my gosh. No, but when I looked it up myself uh, on YouTube, it was like... It took the guys on YouTube, I think, two days to do it. And I was like, I don't don't have time to do... I don't have time to pull my motor and do a bunch of other stuff that this job requires. So I was like, okay, at this point, I'm just... I'll kick it to the dealership and bite the bullet at that point. Anything that
0: crazy is not worth it. When
1: I had a, a Camry,
0: it was like a 95 Camry. It had so many miles on it, like over 250,000. And
1: Mine has a lot on it right now, yeah.
0: But like <laughs> I, I'm, the thing about Camrys and like these common cars, though, even if it's, like, really old. Actually, especially if it's really old. It's super easy to fix. Oh, yeah. Everything's you right on your own. There, You pop
1: the hood. It's like, okay, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Just plug yeah. Just plug and play, basically.
0: Right? I mean, like, I could replace my own radiator on the thing when I did that. I could replace probably the engine if I really had to. Yeah, all you need is just an engine noise. Okay? Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, you can stuff. do anything on that. <laughs> but when it comes to a Chevy Volt, a brand new, like, 2014. Well, not brand new, but new 2014. Yeah vehicle, it's just impossible to get to anything. The battery was, like, buried under, like, three things, so... I almost feel like they do that intentionally, not gonna lie. They might. It might be kind of like Apple
1: who ends up making their phones die after two years, so you have to buy a new one, (laughs) but... Mean. That wouldn't surprise me with Mercedes. Honestly, I mean, if I owned a Mercedes, I would not. I would. I would not own it out of warranty. The second the warranty expired, I would just trade it back in, and either get another one or just get a different car entirely.
0: I definitely understand that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're so expensive to fix. Um, well, I guess kind of before the
0: interview, we talked a little bit about drop shipping and uh, mm-hmm. that you might yeah. be trying to explore that option uh, mm-hmm. as something to do. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about that, um, how much thought you've given into it or uh, kind of what your plan of attack is for that.
1: Honestly, I, yeah, I'm actually supposed to meet up with somebody after this to uh, set up my own personal dropshipping store, whatever you want to call it. Um, I actually didn't know that dropshipping was a thing until about three weeks ago. Oh, well. Yeah, so I'm fairly new to it. So I'm just trying to – I've been doing some – light research when I have time because I've been super slammed lately. Um, But, yeah, it seems like a good way to just make money on the side. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to do that uh, for the rest of my life. I kind of see drop shipping as just kind of one of these things that it's an opportunity now, but down the road, it's going to kind of lose popularity. Yeah. And it's just kind of one of those fad things, I guess. So, I mean, I guess right now I just want to hop on the train while it's still going. And while That's it's good profitable, plan. yeah, and then, but yeah, no, it's it's by no means a permanent solution. As oh, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. No, I mean probably learn a lot
0: with it too. A lot of business practices that yeah, be able to apply with future car dealership or
1: something else. Yeah, or if I want to start, or if I want to get anything manufactured. Honestly, I mean, yeah, it could be good experience for that. Learning how all that stuff works. Definitely,
0: it's kind of interesting. Um, we also talked a little bit about uh, I guess, goals at the beginning of this, um, and that you're really good at achieving goals that you set. Uh, what sort of goals do you have for your life so far for the future?
1: Honestly, I'm not I know I know I have very expensive tastes. I kind of inherited that from my mom. <laughs> Like, it's not... I'm, I'm not saying that to brag or anything. It's honestly kind of a curse. Like, I will just walk into a store. I'm not trying to pick out the most expensive thing there. It just happens to be what I like. Yeah. I remember I was walking to, into Macy's and I just pa- passed the, the watch case because I like watches and um, I just saw one and I asked to look at it and it happened to be the most expensive one in the case it was like 2200 bucks I'm like why why is everything that I like expensive why (laughs) there's never anything I walk in there and be like oh I really like that I want it and it happens to be one of the cheaper things like I don't know so I just I just know my lifestyle I just have to make the money to support the lifestyle that I want to live it's also it's not just so much material things I also just um I know I'm going to have a family at some point in the future and I just don't want to worry about not having enough to provide for them. Yeah. So honestly, I will, I will pursue, uh, I guess, having more than enough until I reach a point where it's like, okay, this is good. I guess that's a good goal. I mean, just being able
0: to provide for your family. Do you know how many members in your family you want to have in the future or haven't really crossed that bridge yet? I don't know.
1: I mean, honestly, that, I feel like, uh, is way down the road, but I feel like how many family members there are, I feel like this is kind of a joint decision. Yeah. Because no, I'm, I'm not true. I'm not gonna find a wife and be like, yeah, we're gonna have five children <laughs> if, if she only wants wants one. I'm not just gonna like be like, no that yeah, this is what we're doing. Like, no. I couldn't imagine <laughs> anybody wanting five children. Honestly, that sounds like the biggest headache in the world. Especially when I like when I clean cars and stuff and I've seen what children do to the back of cars, I'm like, oh god no. Oh god no. <laughs> children mm. give me anxiety at the moment
0: <laughs> five children sounds like two million dollars of college expenses down the road too oh,
1: no 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 <laughs> no. It's
0: no. supposed to go up <laughs> like an enormous amount in the next 18 years
1: i'm so. curious about how where i'm curious to see where that will go honestly because i mean i've i've been listening to a lot of uh Gary Vee's podcast and something he was saying and that I kind of realized, oh shit, he's right. Um, It's he said like within the next ten years or so, the market's gonna or excuse me, the economy's gonna completely collapse because of student debt. Yeah, because we've got all these kids who are fifty to sometimes two hundred thousand dollars in debt, and then they get they graduate and they get a job paying. Maybe 80K a year. And then on top of that, they go get a, a loan for a car, probably like a BMW or something. And then they don't make enough, near enough money to pay back the loan or the car that they just bought. Yeah. So eventually, I feel like, this, yeah, that's just going to get to a point where it's like, okay, we can't physically pay back all of this money that we owe. And there's millions of the same identical case.
0: That's kind of scary.
1: I mean, like, that's terrifying. Yeah. So no, about, you know. But going back to the school thing, I'm interested to see how colleges, or in um, those kinds of institutions, will be affected brand wise. So I feel like once that happens and everybody realizes, okay, we have all this debt because of school, are they going to maintain or be able to stay alive? I guess I don't know. I'm I'm just curious to see where that will go.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, like I think the only thing that we can do as I guess ourselves Mm -hmm. is try to educate people and try to keep them out of just the immense debt from college. And I mean, another thing is people just have to like, they have to understand that they're going to go into debt. If they're trying to pursue maybe a medical degree or something like that, that's you, you have to do so much school for that, that you're just inevitably going to go into debt. But the thing about that versus, a different degree that might not be as
1: useful is that a medical degree will pay you back. I was just, yeah. I was, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you may go into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from a medical degree, but you will make enough to be able to pay that back. I mean, yeah. at first you might have to live a little bit below oh, yeah. what you could supposedly afford You'll to pay that yeah. back. Yeah. Just yeah. so you can keep up with the interest and stuff on that loan. But, um, I mean, say if you're going to do the same thing with an arts degree, I'm sorry, I just don't see you being able to pay that back.
0: Yeah, it's just tough to pay it back. And, I mean, if you're going to school for an arts degree to, I guess, explore the option and kind of enjoy your time and you're completely set for the rest of your life already – it's not really a bad idea. You might just be enjoying yourself. I mean, it's an expensive enjoyment,
1: but... That is a very I mean, expensive <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's just... It's tough to justify something like that, um, whereas other degrees are going to pay you back. But um, I think that is very interesting. I, I don't know how universities are going to combat the... Uh, I guess the problem, but it's really not the university's problem.
1: No, it's honestly, I mean, paid it's, it's our fault for yeah. going into it. I mean, yeah. if I hear somebody complaining down the road that they're thousands of dollars in debt and they can't pay it back, but they, like I said, went to, like, got an arts degree, I'm sorry, you chose the wrong thing. Like, that's, that's, that's on you. That's not on anyone yeah. else. I mean, the other thing with, with that and the arts degrees, I mean, uh, with my automotive photography thing, you can learn so much of the artistic side of things on your own. All my stuff has been self-taught. I've, I've paid for one class, and that was just because it was it was specifically from someone who's a professional commercial automotive photographer. And he was offering a class on color grading. And I took that class. It was $50, which is not that expensive at all. No, no, no. And I got tremendous uh, ROI or return on investment on that, I guess. Because, I mean, that completely changed the way I edited my photos and it made them look a hell of a lot better. So it was worth every penny. But, I mean, there's no, there's no justification in my mind for going to school for that and having $200,000 in debt. I mean, there's a kid I know in Florida who did the same thing, except he went to Ringling College of Art and Design, and he has, like I said, $200,000 in debt. And... Um, like, I'm not trying to sound cocky or anything, but, like, I was getting better results than he was. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, where's the value in that specific education? I feel like a lot of this stuff you can learn on your own without amassing a ton of debt for no reason, basically. That's a very good point. I mean, do you get
0: paid for editing or photos that you do? Every, yeah, I do now. Small? Gotcha. I, I
1: held off on that at first just because... It was to the point where I was happy with my work and I was like, okay, this is worth charging people. Like at first when I was an amateur and I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> I was just doing it. I was just doing photo shoots for free because I was like, okay, I just need practice and experience.
0: Get the word out too. Yeah. You know? But I mean, definitely getting paid for that. I'm sure there's jobs that you get paid more than your initial investment for just the photos, the photo shoot and the editing.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people who get, um, like the guy that I bought the course from, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just what he does. He travels around all over the place, and he does um, commercial work for Lexus, Lamborghini, BMW, all kinds of different brands. He's really good. Um, his name's Pepper Yandel. Okay. Yeah, he's super, super good. Interesting. So you got, like, an Instagram or something like that? Hmm?
0: Yeah, his Instagram's Pepper Yandel. I'll definitely have to check that out like later. Pepper Yandel. Yeah, he's he's super good at what he does. Gotcha. And I'll definitely leave a link to your Instagram in the description as well if people want to go ahead and look at your work. If oh, okay. Yeah, you. thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: One thing I will say is I don't really understand why people are so obsessed with uh, their followers on Instagram and stuff.
0: Yeah. I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> I, I couldn't care less about it. I post every once in a while. I post super, super – like. I post semi-often on my photography one just because that's where I have more work. But on my personal yeah. one, I post like once every three weeks and I could care less how many people like it. I just kind of throw it up there and like, all right, whatever. But I, I know some people that like, if they don't get... They'll, they'll post the picture and if they don't get the... Uh, amount of likes that they're happy with within, like, the first hour or so, they'll just take it down and then, like, reanalyze what they did as a caption or whatever and then throw it back up. But <laughs> I'm like, why are you devoting so much time and effort to this? It's not your job. Yeah. It's, you're not making money off of it. I don't. It's an Instagram model. I mean... Okay, but that's, that's a different, different story. Place. That's a yeah.
0: completely different story. Well, what's your opinion on the Instagram models doing that?
1: Honestly, like, if that's your profession and that's what you do to make a living, by all means, do whatever you need to
0: Maintain the image. Yeah, maintain yeah. the
1: image, be as successful as possible. But, I mean, it's that's also... They're doing it because it makes them money. Other, uh, these other people, is just because they care way too much about other people's opinions of what they're doing. Yeah, I think you should care about
0: your appearance to others, but you shouldn't overly care about it.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not saying, like, you should just be... Like, if you snort cocaine or whatever, that's your lifestyle. But, I mean, I, <laughs> like I wouldn't be posting that all over social media because that's not... You know, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not something that that's frowned upon in society right now. It's pretty but, frowned so, upon, So, I yeah. mean, there's there's certain filters that you probably shouldn't post on your Instagram anyway. But, I mean, that's your personal choice. It's it's whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah, that's definitely understandable. I mean, like, if if you want to snort cocaine and you want to post that to <laughs> your Instagram, I mean, by all means post it, but uh, it won't be getting a like from me. You might have to take it down because your image is going to be a little... Uh, a little soiled, I guess, but <laughs> uh, so a little bit back in the interview, you said something about like when you came back to Colorado after moving back to Colorado. Um, what did you do, I guess,
1: in that time that you weren't Colorado? Where were you and what were you up to? Okay, so after I graduated high school, which was 2016, um, July after that, uh, my whole family moved to Florida and we were there originally going to be there permanently. Um, so I was my plan down there was to go to school and whatnot. when I got down there I was doing research and I did not end up going to school down there immediately I was going to take a gap year so during that time I just worked because out of state tuition was literally four times more expensive than in state wow so I was like yeah I'll just if I'm going to be staying here permanently I'll just wait for residency yeah so I just worked the whole time and um, I actually worked for another BMW dealership down there and that place, that was honestly my favorite job. There were so many memories from that job that I will cherish for the rest of my life. That was a really fun job. What made them, I guess, better than the other jobs you've had? Honestly, the people. People. I got to do a lot of really cool stuff, um, and my manager. I actually became really good friends with him, and I'm pretty like him and I tag each each other and stuff on Facebook all the time, <laughs> even though it like I haven't seen him in probably six or seven months. But yeah, I mean it. there. It was just. There was just a lot of really cool people. It was occasionally one or two people that would get on my nerves, but they weren't. It wasn't anyone that I absolutely could not stand. I guess that's understandable. What What do you think made that culture
0: there? Do you think it was the manager? Do you think it was just the people who were hired?
1: Um, honestly, I give credit to that to the owner of the dealership. He was very active and hands on with the dealership. Both of them actually. Um, It was BMW of Sarasota and uh, Lamborghini of Sarasota, which were kind of on the same lot. But the owner, he went, from what I could tell, he went through a lot of trouble to make sure that the right people that actually brought value to the atmosphere and the company were hired. And um, usually people that weren't very, that weren't contributing or causing problems were gone pretty quickly. So I give that, I give credit to him for that because... Yeah, there were definitely people who had been there for years and I could see why because they were they were just great people and they brought a lot of value to it was
0: it an intense hiring process
1: or um for me because I, I didn't have a I didn't have a very high position because at the time I was nineteen twenty um, uh, it wasn't that extreme I mean I had uh, let's see I had two interviews but I mean I they were right after literally one after the other one was with my manager that would be directly above me that I would report to directly. And then the other one was with the general manager of the dealership. Gotcha. And I mean, I killed both those interviews. So yeah, every, yeah I was really, I was really well liked by uh, the majority of the dealership to my knowledge. That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, I guess as we kind of come to a close here and sort of towards the end of the interview, um, just as a final question to wrap kind of everything up. What would be kind of the single most important thing that you could say to anybody out there to
1: benefit their life? Um, I guess be accountable for your own shit, I guess. I mean, if you screw up, admit to it. I know so many people that they'll mess up and then they'll try to blame it on other people. I mean, like, yeah, they, people just don't want to take responsibility for their own shortcomings and their own screw ups. I mean, even at work right now, there's different departments pointing fingers at each other like, oh, this is why we're messing up because these people are doing it. It's like, no, it's just because you're not doing your job. So
0: I guess kind of point the finger at yourself and... Yeah, I mean, if you you mess up,
1: then admit to it and move on. Not only will... I don't know. For me, it helps me move on and learn from the mistake. And also, people around you respect you for it because... They're not sitting there behind your back like, yeah, he just doesn't want to take credit for his own shit. Like, he's just blaming <laughs> stuff on other people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No one likes a person like that. I mean, like, that's just obnoxious. And so I definitely get that. I, I think that's a good lesson to take um, and uh, definitely good to make sure to be responsible and be accountable. So uh, so as far as the interview goes, that's really about all I've got to add. Um, is there anything that you want to add? Before we close up here.
1: Uh not off the top of my head, no.
0: Okay, great. Uh, well that is all for today. Uh, I hope you all were able to learn something from Dustin's story. Uh, and if you enjoyed hearing the story, please subscribe to hear about more opportunities like this. Thank you all so much for listening and make sure to stay accountable. Thank you everyone. I took it by myself, do it never sells, takes up well, till I lose control and yell. My boost is zipped in the zipping, strapped, and I'm ready to do some bad shit.